Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back. George Norrie with you along with Suzanne Wilson. Suzanne Wilson, the carefree medium, is an intuition expert, teaching medium, author. A couple of books include When Your Partner Doesn't Believe, Soul Smart, of course. And she hosts a monthly podcast called Chat with Spirit Guides, a founding board member emeritus for the Afterlife Research and Education Institute. She holds a master's degree in public affairs policy, a bachelor's degree in management, certifications from Stanford University as well. And calling upon her extensive experience in education and leadership, Suzanne is a researcher in teaching medium and consciousness, intuition, mediumship, and healing. What a great biography, Susan. Welcome. Well, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. But you know what I really am, George? I'm a medium and sort of a paranormal nerd. Uh, I get into all things paranormal, and it keeps life interesting, doesn't it? How did this happen for you? In childhood, pretty much. I could see lights and spirits around people, and I was that weird little outcast kid, and I didn't want to go to school. And finally, my granddad took me aside and asked me, what's going on with you? And I confided in him. And to my surprise, he said, I see them too. And it was really helpful to me because he was a preacher. And he told me that this was from God and never to fear it. And so that set me on a good path. Well, we're going to have some interesting uh, tonight uh, conversation, Suzanne, and then we'll take calls next hour with you. Well, let's talk a little bit about spirit guides. What do they mean to you? What's a spirit guide? Well, first off, I've been studying spirit guides because I had one since childhood. I would be walking to school, and on the days that one of the little neighbor girls weren't walking with me, and I would otherwise be alone, this little red-haired boy would just show up and walk with me. He never spoke a word, and when we finally got to school, he just kept walking past the school. Sometimes he'd turn around and wave goodbye, and then he'd keep going, and I was safely at school. And one day when I was walking home from school, because he'd walk me home too if there was nobody to accompany me, back in those days it was a lot safer to walk alone, but I didn't That's want right. to. So my mom is looking out the window, and she said, wow, you're having a real conversation. What's going on out there? There's nobody there. And I told her, yes, there is, and I kept insisting there was a little boy. So I talked with my grandfather about that, too, and he told me that sometimes God sends us guides or guardians to help us to feel safe and to help us literally walk our paths. And that began a lifelong interest in guides, and I've done a lot of research since then. Are the guides like guardian angels that we were taught about when we were kids? You know, I think these terms can be misleading for people. And so if we agreed on a terminology so that we all have a, a point of reference, that is helpful. So we could agree that there's a guardian angel and there is a guide a primary guide or a master spirit guide, one that's with you from birth to death, life in between lives. And the guardian angel, there's one angel that's with you from birth to death and life in between lives. But what we're really talking about are different frequencies, an angelic realm frequency versus a guide who may have lived many, many lifetimes on earth. And that's how they amassed all their expertise to become your guide. But in different cultures, like, for example, I've spent a lot of time in the U.K., 
they will talk about guardians. And so an American hears that and thinks, oh, they're talking about guardian angels. No, they're using the word guardian for guide. So at the end of the day, what's important is that your whoever is protecting you from spirit and assisting you from spirit, that they are being helpful and healing to you, whatever you call them. Do the guides ever abandon us, Suzanne? No, but we abandon ourselves sometimes yeah. by not listening to our own inner voice, by not perceiving or paying attention to the signs, the symbols, the synchronicities, those weird coincidences that seem to point the way for us, they are always with us. Do guides know everything? No, absolutely not. And that's that's the really tricky part, George, because mm. people will go to get a psychic to connect with guides, or they'll go and um, do uh, cards to make their own direct connection or a pendulum or sit in meditation, and they'll ask us specific questions. For example, uh, am I going to get married and how many children will I have? And they expect that answer. And, uh, you know, guides can be a little flippant sometime and say, well, do you want to get married and do you want to have kids? Because really it's a free will type of thing, but they can see a little bit out in front of us based on our current trajectory. Remember the movie It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart? Absolutely. Clarence the Angel, was that his spirit guide, his guardian angel? I think so. I think what we were being shown is a relatable everyman. You know, Jimmy Stewart, he, he was that guy, that guy that would be like your best buddy, women liked him, men wanted to be him or hang out with him. And so we could relate to that character and know that no matter how bad you think you have it, that there's always something to be thankful for and that there's someone in spirit who's taking care of us, even though it's not happening necessarily in the time frame we wanted. And they gave him a great name in the movie, George. I love it. George Bailey. <laughs> It was, it was a classic. I mean, that's one of those movies my mother sat me down with her when I was about 7 o'clock, 7 years old, and she said, you will remember this for the rest of your life, and she was right. Well, and because spirit guides have been around for centuries, I mean, we can go back to the ancient Greeks. Um, we can go back as, uh, to 17th century, 18th century. We can go to Carl Jung had a spirit guide he called Philemon, Carl Jung, a, a, a very influential uh, scientist and psychologist. Um, there are many famous spirit guides in history that have been documented. And when we hear their words, when we read their words uh, um, a century later, or however long it is, those words still resonate today. It's like um, that saying, you know, the, the proof is in the eating of the pudding. That's true. Th these, these words that they leave us with resonate. But we don't have to be fabulously famous, um, significantly important people in a culture to have spirit guides. Every listener right now listening to this or listening to it later, you have spirit guides too. How do we know if it's a spirit guide telling us what to do as opposed to that little inner voice that's within all of us? Well, I'll tell you something. There's an overlap here, and, and this is something that I, you can learn 
But if you're not sure if it's coming from within you or if it's coming from a guide, first measure it by this standard that Edgar Casey taught. And I'm, I know I use this all of the time. Edgar Casey, the sleeping prophet, and I know you've talked about him on the show. You've had a lot of guests. Oh, yeah. Um, there are scholars in, in Casey. He said that whenever we tune into spirit, let the messages be intended to be helpful, hopeful, and healing. And I'll tell you something, you know it's coming just from within you. If it comes in all panicky, you get a thought that's like scary to you, it makes you panic, it's heavily emotionally charged, your guides won't do that to you. That's a thought that comes in, an insight that comes in, a picture that pops into your head that you better just take a breath, sit down and re-examine instead of acting upon it um, without taking a closer look. Because information that's coming from higher self, you, that part of you that's always connected with the spirit world and your guides in concert, it comes in very calm, very matter of fact, and it's helpful, hopeful, and healing. But, George, sometimes you can't tell if it's your own soul talking or if it's the guides talking. In that respect, just go for the quality of the message. Can some people be tricked and they think they're dealing with a spirit guide and they're not? There's a fear that many people have when they begin a class because I've been teaching online since before COVID, before everybody was on Zoom. We used to spend hours teaching people how to use Zoom. Never, everybody knows how to do it. Yeah. But I would have people call and email saying, I'm scared. I'm scared of taking a class with spirit guides. I'm scared of learning because what if there's something scary out there? And we tell them, you know, are you being treated for a mental health issue right now? Do you feel that you're grounded and centered? Um, if so, you know, come on into the class. But I will tell you, I have done some research, and I did work with a client one time who was tricked, but there were reasons behind it. Um, There was drug addiction with that client. Um, There was extreme grief, and they had actually created sort of like a poltergeist, the PK phenomenon in their own house. And who did the tricking? Yeah, I mean, when you have that kind of stuff going on, of course you're going to set yourself up for inviting in something you don't want. Most people don't do that. And was the tricking done by another being, a spirit? What? I I believe it was the jinn, and um, which is a Middle Eastern or, for like like yes. a horrible it, entity, I guess, right? Yeah, they're not too they're not too cool. I don't run into them very often, and um, again, this particular person had been wanting to connect with guides, but was also do, using heroin. Um, was also, you know, not being kind to others. And there were a lot of, like, that punches holes and rips in the person's auric field that can let in um, what some people call darkness. I like to think of as just a lack of light. Um, and, and so, yeah, the, the jinn were first uh, talked about in Middle Eastern literature centuries ago. That's where we got the word the genie. And uh, right. Rosemary Ellen Guiley actually taught me yep. a lot about them. I miss that I lady. I know, I know. What a tragedy. I wanted to call her so many times since she passed, and uh, I have had a little bit of contact with her, not as much as a lot of people, because I, I didn't get to know her personally real well, but professionally. But I got to discuss a case with her um, one time, and, and she taught me about how the djinn are these tricksters. 
but that it's a tiny, tiny, tiny little percent of people connecting with spirit guides that will run across that. If you're being a good person, doing the right thing as best you can every day is not going to happen to you. Now, what about these negative entities, though? Can they trick you? Can they fool you, even you? I, I will tell you something right now. If I know that I don't feel my best, I don't open up. You do not. Spirit. I just don't do it. Is this from I, past training or what? Experience? Well, question. It's, it's from past training. It's from past experience. I, I, went, I, I don't seek haunted houses per se, but I had to stay in one at one time. When I really wasn't feeling well, I was rehabbing from an injury, and uh, I felt like I was under attack all night long, and um, I just felt weak. And so I don't open myself up when I don't feel at my best. But by the same token, George, none of that stuff can hurt me. It can just startle me, so I'm really not scared. Interesting take on that. It's, it's, it's confusing for some individuals, though, between the good and the bad, isn't it? It can be confusing for individuals who don't establish a baseline for how they feel around spirit. You need an awareness of your own physical body. You need to feel grounded, like I'm grounded, I'm centered. Walking out in Mother Nature can do that. Uh, Sitting and listening to a song that you really like. Some people like to be real zen to get grounded and centered and meditate. Other people like to dance around the room and bring up their joy and their vibration. And if you know how your body should feel with the energies around you, you can easily tell the difference when there's an energy you don't want around you. So it really is a rare instance that there's anything negative. Now you have the ability to tap into other people's spirit guides, don't you? I do. I do. I Having had an academic background, I wanted to be tested as a medium, and so I submitted myself to scientific testing. I've been in um, peer-reviewed research papers, and, and I'm happy about that. And, but I've moved less of in from the one-on-one mediumship readings, bringing through deceased loved ones, into training new mediums you know, to, to do that. And I've been focusing on teaching people how to develop their intuition so they can do their own readings and make their own direct connection with their loved ones. But also, I'm really having a lot of fun helping people meet their guides. It is the coolest thing because it opens up all these possibilities in life. When we take calls next hour with folks who might have just a question for you, but what if they want to meet their spirit guide? Can you help them? Let's do it. Now, t- t- tell It'll me the procedure. How, how, how will it work? Somebody calls okay. in, what do they do? All right, so here's what we can do. If you have a caller and they just want to know, tell me about my guide, um, I'll, I, I need to know their first name the, of the caller and to hear their voice. Okay. And I will say, Spirit, show me, help uh, me. Well, I'll give you their first that. name and then you'll hear their voice mm-hmm. when they start talking to you. That's it. That's all. If they want to ask a question, a life issue question, um, without naming anybody's names or any, uh, anything specific or confidential, I'll see if there is a guide that has a pearl of wisdom. Now, the one caveat to this, George, is guides don't direct you. They inform you. They, they give you more information so that you can make your own 
best decision with more calm and peace. But I am absolutely thrilled and honored to tune into guys. All right, we'll do that. Keep it to about a minute and a half a person if you can. Sounds good. Because they'll be calling you like crazy. I know. Intuition. In your opinion, what is intuition? It is the Godhead within us. It is the divine connection. It is that spark, that light, that is the universal conscious, consciousness, that is what we are. In, in, in effect, it is what links all of us and makes us one. Is it a gift that we all possess? It is a birthright really? that we all possess. That's pretty strong. Yes. I'm not any more special than anybody else. The difference is I opened my gift and developed it. Some people, Suzanne, do not act on their intuition. Why? It may not be in their life path. Perhaps they're here to work on different uh, overall themes or archetypes in their lives. Perhaps they're afraid of what they may learn about themselves. There are many, many reasons. And you'll see people being very, very successful but not very, very intuitive, and at some point they may crash and burn. And that will be the opportunity to open up their hearts and to say, Spirit, help me, show me, help me feel. How can people use intuition in their day-to-day life to make it even better, to enhance it? When you first wake up in the morning, why not say, thank you, I'm here another day, instead of, oh my God, you know, it's Monday or whatever. And Give me work to do, give me the resources to do it, and what do I need to know today? You may get a flash of a a picture of something that's going to happen, an insight. You may hear a word, something that will help you if you practice it daily. Interesting take on all of this. And uh, Do you think intuition is particularly important for people to get by in their day-to-day life? I don't think it's ever been more important, George. The world is changing so fast around us. How do you keep up? How do you continue to feel connected to other people if you're not tapping in? Part of being more intuitive is being more compassionate towards yourself and towards other people because it plugs you into that universal consciousness and centers you. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.